CSN International presents to every man an answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Tuesday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. Glad you've joined us as we get together every weekend, uh, weekday afternoon at this time, answering questions about the Bible from the Bible, looking at current events through a biblical perspective. What we hear in church is that even in the Bible at all, if you've been reading your Bible, pray and hope you have, well, um, come across something you don't understand, hey, call us. That's why we're here for you. 8888-ASK. CSN. It's real simple and toll free, and we got some lines open, so you're sure to get on if you call right now. Joining me today, special guest featured CSN speaker that comes on exactly one hour before to every man and answer here on the CSN stations. We have with us John Randall from Calvary Chapel, OC, South OC, down by San Clemente. Hi, and welcome. Hi, Mike. Great to be with you here today on this Tuesday. Good, good to see you. Yes, and it's always a blessing to see you and Look forward to answering some questions with you. And how are things down in uh, California now? I know you're getting a lot of really crazy laws from Sacramento. How is that affecting you and um, uh, your thoughts? Well, I appreciate the question. I First of all, I want to just give a praise report. We had, as I mentioned last week on the program, we had our SoCal Men's Conference. We had over 7,000 men gather at the Anaheim Convention Center where we sought the Lord and prayed from and went through the word, had several speakers, pastors uh, with us that day. And it was an amazing uh, blessing. Just want to give the Lord praise for that, what he did there. Um, and I think my prayer, Mike, is that that gathering with those men will impact California. But yeah, we're, we live in a, in a crazy state and our governor just uh, is a guy that needs Christ. We prayed for him this morning in our men's prayer meeting that the Lord would humble him. We're really praying for a Nebuchadnezzar-like experience with that man, that he would come to the end of himself and realize that there is a God of heaven, and he's not it, uh, and that uh, there's a God that rules. And you see some of the legislation he's putting out right now, and it's evil, and that's because his heart is is wicked, and he needs to be born again. So, man, we keep fighting the good fight. we got good people standing in the gap, but you know, we're praying that the tide would be turned. Keep praying for the Christians, especially in California, as they're uh, increasingly coming under more tyranny from uh, from really unreasonable laws. And so we want to be praying for them. Well, let's go ahead and go to the phones. We have Jennifer on the line, Festus, Missouri. Hi and welcome. Well, hi, guys. I really, I really enjoy listening to you, Mike. And when your guests are the host you have on, too question I have for you is that there's a gal that goes to a certain church and um, it's down in House Springs somewhere, down in High Ridge somewhere. But anyway, she always says to my friend, she goes, I'm anointed. I sit around all day and I'm just anointed because, and it's like anointed. And she goes, yeah, she goes, I'm just so anointed. Now you, you know, it's like the pastor at this church never, ever had anyone come up to him and ask him what anointed is. And what is it exactly? I mean, I know that when we read God's Word, we feel the Holy Spirit read it, talking to us and stuff. But it's like this gal's always asking for things from my friends. And she goes, I'm anointed. And she's homebound and she's in a wheelchair and all this. Oh. But really, Mike, um, what 
is that really anointed or is that part of the devil? Well, there, no, I, I, there is anointing that comes upon believers, I believe, at different times. Now, you might say we're all anointed in that we are separated for the high calling, the mark of God. I, I believe that. Um, uh, I, I think a lot of times when people sometimes try to be super spiritual, I think rather than being anointed, they become annoying. And I think that can be a real problem because it's the super spiritual, I'm more spiritual than you are kind of attitude where we realize that any spirituality that we have, we got from God. It isn't anything that we generate in ourselves. And I do believe at different times in our Christian experience, the Holy Spirit will come upon us in different ways, that anointing, you might say, uh, to speak a word of, of, of direction into somebody's life or in a pastor's life, a group of people. John, your thoughts? Well, you know, in the Old Testament, the anointing of the Spirit was a rarity. It seems that you only find him uh, anointing certain individuals at certain times. For example, there would be kings or judges or prophets that say that, that they were anointed by the Lord. However, when you come to the New Testament, you find that Jesus promised to give the Holy Spirit to those who would ask. There is an anointing, I believe, that comes from the Spirit. And I was thinking about the first passage that came to mind was First John in chapter 2, verse 20, where John says to the believers there, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. And John was implying that the church there, those believers, they were anointed by the Spirit. And what are some of the I suppose results of being anointed. I think you have a changed life. That's, that's comes by way of anointing of the spirit. Um, you're, you're hungry for God's word. You live for Christ. You exhibit the fruits of the spirit, Mike, that, that are a byproduct of the spirit's work in your life and a power to be a bold witness. I know for me, when it comes to serving the Lord in any capacity, I do pray and I do ask. I find myself praying in my prayers, Lord, would you anoint me for this task today? Would you anoint me as I go into this hospital room? Would you enable me to minister to this person or as he preached before the congregation or even come on to every man and answer today as we prayed before, Mike, that we would be anointed to do what the Lord's asked us to do. And I trust that he does that. Amen. And and so, um, you know, we're all anointed and, and uh, to do what God has called us to do. But I do believe there are times of that overwhelming move of the Holy Spirit upon a believer, um, whether it be, I believe, as it was with Peter and John as they were going up uh, to the temple and pray, and there was a man begging alms, and they said, silver and gold we don't have, but such as we have, give you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. I believe there are those supernatural times in which God does that. Uh, but as far as being a believer, uh, we all have that Holy Spirit upon us. Um, and and supernaturally, being filled with the Spirit, um, I, I expect God to do great and amazing things in our lives. I really believe, though, that when we look at somebody that just says, well, I'm anointed, I'm anointed, my next question would be, what are you anointed for? Hmm. So that would be my question for her is, well, I, I appreciate that, but God anoints us for a reason. What is your reason? What is the reason why? And so I hope that helps, Jennifer. It does. And my next question, I have a handicapped son, and he's really, I have a son that's, um, oh. he was raised in a Christian home. He's a protocol son now, but um he asked my handic- my special needs child, oh, come to this haunted hayride. 
Well, my son just lost his best friend. She's with the Lord because she witnessed about Jesus all the time. So Barb's with the Lord. But um, he's like, Mom, when people play with Halloween, don't they play with, isn't that part of Satan's playground? And I always said yes. And he says yes. But, you know, when those people are dressed up like, you know, those Halloween creatures, aren't they kind of possessed by demons too? And it's like, I don't know, Adam. I never thought about that. Well, traditionally, Halloween is not a uh, uh, a day in which Christians really should have much to do with it. Now, as an example, we at church here, because the world doesn't understand that, we offer an alternative. It's not on Halloween. It's uh, the Saturday before. And, and this is where we reach out to our community uh, in love and with the gospel to encourage people to get right with God. Um, I think the churches that have something on Halloween is an alternative. It's good. Um, people are going to celebrate that day regardless, so at least they would enjoy the safety of being in church. Now, if somebody shows up in a devil costume, we don't kick them out because we realize especially they need Jesus. I mean, what's a bigger uh, a flag than to see people dressed up um, in, in uh, anti-biblical things? That doesn't mean you throw them away. That means you especially go out and love on them to see if you can win them to Christ. So I, I really believe it's a good opportunity to reach out to people. And Paul the Apostle says, I become all things to all men that I may win some. Now, he didn't become a prostitute to minister to prostitutes or a drug addict to minister to drug addicts, but it meant that he went where they were. He bridged the gap so they would understand who Jesus is. And I think we want to take every opportunity that we can, especially as we see the day of the Lord approaching, realizing we may not have a lot of time left here. We want to do everything we can do to reach out to people and and use those opportunities, whether it be a harvest festival or whether it's um, whether it's just whatever it might be to reach out to people. Do that. John, your thoughts. Yeah, we do the exact same thing, Mike. We uh, really make ourselves available in the community. And uh, when we hold our Harvest Festival here on site at the church, um, a lot of times people are looking for a safer environment, especially in these days, for their kids to go. And so for us, every half hour, we have somebody take the platform and share the gospel. And and so you're coming here, you're going to experience different things, but you're also going to hear about Jesus Christ several times before you end up leaving uh, the parking lot where we hold a very large harvest festival. And um, we just see it as an opportunity to sow the seed of the word of God. And that's that's really our heart. And so I, I, I we make that a practice here as well. Yeah. And, and uh, I think last year we had almost 2,000 people uh, at the one we had here. And uh, so really a good time. I mean, we, 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 we go all out. We have bounce houses and uh, lots of games. And and um, we, we have uh, the effect, Christian radio uh, music playing. Uh, we have uh, all kinds of stuff going on, Bible characters walking around. It's really a pretty neat thing. It's probably the biggest event outside of the, the uh, county fair um, left in the year. So uh, we just like to invite people to come. It's free. And, and so, but um, uh, the thing is, I don't believe Christians, especially parents, should be letting their kids dress up in devil costumes and, you know, things of, uh, that glamorize death, you know, uh, mummies and stuff like that. So, Jennifer, I hope that helps. 
Thank you very much. You guys have a great day. Go answer some phones, and God bless you guys. Stay, stay online, Jennifer. Send you out the movie Jesus. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy it, and uh, share it with your friends. I think they'll get blessed by it, based on the book of Luke. Let's go to Randy, Golden Valley, Arizona. Hi, welcome. Yeah, hi, pastors. Hi, hi Pastor John. Yeah, you guys just talked about uh, California. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was born in California in 1954. Now I'm 69 now, and I just moved to Arizona almost three years ago. Yeah, because I was going to be homeless in California, but I, the Lord bought me a home in Arizona, so I've been blessed. Um, what I wanted to say, I got a couple comments, and then I got a question. Um, yeah, the, one of your callers yesterday, <clears throat> I was listening to him, and he was talking about how not, uh, he doesn't know about everything in the Bible and everything. Well, there, uh, there's a good scripture I memorize, and it says, "For the things that are unknown are for, for the things that are unknown are for God, but the things revealed are for us and our children forever, that we may obey all the law." That's Deuteronomy. 2929. That's a good one for that caller that called yesterday. Yeah, because not everything is revealed to us, you know, but maybe when we get to Well, we we have revealed to us what we need to know about being right with God, and that comes through Jesus Christ, who was the righteous fulfillment of the law. And again, uh, our, our legal requirement of the law is fulfilled in Christ. For the Bible tells us if we err in one part, uh, we err in all of it. If we, we violate one of God's laws, we violated all of it. How many lies do you got to tell to be a liar? Just one. How many murders do you got to commit to be a murderer? Just one. Um, how many sins do you got to commit to be a sinner? Well, we're born sinners, and sinning just proves what we are. Uh, but the great news is we're forgiven. And that's, Randy, the great news of what we celebrate here each and every day and until we're in heaven there with the Lord forever. That's what we look forward to. So what's your question? How can we help? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember um, what date was that? Um, uh, back in 1947, 1946, there was a boy in the desert throwing rocks through a cave and they found some ancient scrolls. Yeah, a Bedouin boy um, was throwing uh, rocks. And there's all kinds of these little holes in the rocks over there. And he throw and he heard something go clunk break. And he go, well, that's weird. So he climbs up in there and looks and hear what we now know as the Dead Sea Scrolls. And uh, they have found uh, these date back approximately some, it, it depends on who you talk to, but anywhere from 800 BC to um, a couple of hundred years AD of when they were still putting things in there. But uh, they found the book of Isaiah. And amazingly, It's what they didn't find that amazed them. They didn't find any mistakes. The book of Isaiah that they found written uh, before Christ, a a copy of it, reads exactly as ours does today. And that was such an amazing, amazing find. So, yeah, that's true. That's the point of my question. Yeah, Isaiah, I wanted to know which book that was in the Old Testament. Isaiah, okay. Yes, it was. It was the book of Isaiah. Uh, Any others there that you can think of, John? Well, you know, they found um, almost a, a copy of all the all the books of the Old Testament, apart from the book of Esther. They also found some uh, extra biblical things, apocryphal writings and so forth. But what was so fascinating about the Dead Sea Scrolls, and this is where the textual critics couldn't wait to get their hands on this thing and actually examine it, is that the the copies were estimated 2,000 years earlier than 
than the oldest copy that we had. So if you're going to take something that was that early, that, that, that many years before, you want to compare it to what we have now. And as Pastor Mike said, when they did the comparison, there were no errors apart from maybe a, a comma here or something there. Nothing that would have changed the, the context. And what's so interesting about that is when you think of it from a prophetic standpoint, especially the scroll of Isaiah, because if someone 2000 years later is writing, they could have easily changed it or were there, were there prophecies back in, in those scrolls that they first had or did they add them later on? And that's why it was amazing when they put it all together and they realized it's consistent. Listen, the Bible is the indestructible book. It, it remains. And so many, somebody said so many Many hammers have hammered on the Bible, but it, it's, it stands the test of time. And that's because God said, my word endures forever. So everything that we already knew, it was still there. And it's a great way to silence the critics. You can go to Israel today and you can see a copy of this scroll there at the museum in Israel. It's fascinating. It's amazing to see this whole thing just rolled out. It's really, it's really quite fascinating. So I hope that helps. Yeah, that sure does. Yeah. And they also found one more thing. Is that, yeah, that, well, they're finding stuff in Israel all the time, but they found a stone. Do you hear about that? Uh, the 10th Legion marked on a stone, and that was Titus's 10th Legion. Oh, mm. I, I don't know yeah, about I think that. you could – yeah, someone said if you if you uh, dig anywhere in Israel, you're bound to find something. Uh, it's, it's just a matter of time. If you just keep digging, you're going to come across something that was there before. Yeah, and, and, and from from just an archaeological standpoint – the Bible is so well substantiated. They found the widow's mite. They found the city of Jericho. They know where the Jordan River is. They found all that. And these other religious books, such as the Book of Mormon, there is no artifacts for it. None. And that, I think, is very significant. The great river Sidon in the Book of Mormon that flows northward. There is no great river in the northern hemisphere that flows northward. They all flow either south, west, or east. Um, but uh, the great river, there are no great rivers that flow due north. It's just not there. Uh, and so when we look, the Bible is very well substantiated from an archaeological, historical value. Uh, and even the Smithsonian and others recognize this, where they, uh, uh, I used to give this away on to every man an answer, but they said the Bible is one of the best books historically in antiquities that they have for verifying events in, that have happened in the past. And they also wrote concerning the Book of Mormon, they see no relevant um, evidence for any historical value in the Book of Mormon. That's just what they said. So hope that helps. And uh, stay in line, Randy. I'll send you out a couple books, a couple of DVDs if you like. And um, I'm so glad you're listening. Yeah. Thank you very much, Pastors. God bless you. And uh, stay in line. We'll get you taken care of. Let's go to Daryl in Victorville, California. Hey, Mike. John. Hi. How, how, may, how may we help? Well, I had a situation over the weekend where uh, uh, a guy told me he wasn't baptized, but he thought he was saved. And I said, well, I think you have to be baptized in order to be saved. Um, so I just wanted to call in and get your, uh, get your thoughts. I don't believe you have to be baptized to be saved. I believe that baptism is an outward sign of what God has already done in your heart. Now, again, I believe it's not an option. The Bible says to repent and be baptized. But 
salvation comes through belief in Jesus Christ, not by any works that I would do. And so we have to understand it's the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord, not because of anything that I do. John, your thoughts? Yeah, I I would agree with that based on Scripture, Romans chapter uh, 6, verses 3 through 4. It says, don't you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, uh, in baptism into death. The whole purpose of baptism is for not salvation, but for identification. I'm identifying with Jesus in his death and resurrection. When you go under the water, the old person is being buried and the new person is being raised with Christ. And this is an outward sign of an inward work. I, you don't have to be baptized to be saved, but if you're saved, you're going to want to be baptized. It's a blessing. And I think it's one of the highlights as a Christian. We baptize hundreds and hundreds of people. Actually, recently part of a baptism uh, in Southern California where uh, 5,000 people had come throughout the day to be baptized. It is it's a blessing, but we'd never want to give way, Mike, to the false teaching of baptismal regeneration. And I would contend with that uh, teaching that's out there and circulating that would say, unless you're baptized, you're not saved. It's difficult to say that to the thief on the cross. He could not be baptized. Difficult to say to people that you and I have prayed with on their deathbed to receive Christ, no water available. They were saved by grace through faith. Um, and it's a gift of God. But baptism should follow that. In fact, next Monday night, we got a young man that came to me last night after Bible study and said, Pastor, I really want to get baptized. And I said, well, all right, let's go. And so we have this huge trough that we set up and this kid's born again and we're going to dunk him under the water and bring him back up. And it's, it's a blessing. You should be baptized if you are a believer. Why not? So I hope that helps. Understand? Definitely. Thank you very much. Good talking to you guys. Well, God bless you. That's, uh, you know, like I say, Daryl, that, that is... Uh, um, it's by faith that we are saved. And uh, very quickly, let me just share this with you. In the Old Testament, in order to become a follower of Yahweh, you would renounce your pagan deity, you would embrace Yahweh as God, and then you would take a ceremonial washing. That's what you did to convert to Judaism. Now, This is what made John the Baptist's ministry so unusual, because he came to the Jewish nation saying, you Jewish nation. He wasn't going to the Gentiles. He wasn't going to the Assyrians or the Babylonians. He went to the Jews saying, you Jewish nation, you need to take a ceremonial washing. You see, this was the problem, and I believe much of what the problem still is today with the blindness that's upon the Jewish people. They believed they inherited their religion from their parents or from Abraham or from Moses. And we don't. Every person stands before God on their own merit, not because my money says in God we trust, or I'm in a Christian nation, or my mom and dad were deacons in the church. But we stand before, and you'll find that they were doing this to Jesus. Well, our father Abraham taught us or Moses said, but it's not what they said. It, 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 if you'll ever notice, the Pharisees, when they had talked to Jesus, had no authority on their own. They were always borrowing their authority because they really didn't have a relationship with God. Very similar to the seven sons of Sceva. The, the Jesus whom Paul preaches, we adjure you, demon. The Bible says the man said, Paul, we know, Jesus we know, and Paul we know, but who are you? And this demon-possessed man 
jumped on these seven guys, tore all their clothes off, beat them up, and the last we find in the scripture, they're running. The power comes from a personal relationship with God. And so once we have embraced Jesus as our Savior, it's a public declaration now that I am different. The old is past, the new as we come up out of the water. But the water does not wash away our sins. It's Jesus' blood that washes away our sins. But as an act of obedience, I become baptized because that then declares to the world that, yes, I made a change in my life. Daryl, say the line, if you like, send you out the movie Jesus based on the book of Luke. I think you'll really enjoy that. Say the line, we'll get you taken care of. But that will go to Lindsay, Salt Lake City. Hi and welcome. Hello, guys. I can't wait to hear your answer to what I'm about to ask you, so I'll just go right to it. My husband was poking around on the Internet, and he saw something that talked about a 2030 summit. Now, I don't know if you know anything about it, but I've read a little about it. And I know that there's supposed to be certain things that are signed for the seven-year peace treaty or, you know, what the, whatever the Bible calls it. I can't remember there's a, a name to it. But I'm wondering, they seem an awful lot alike. And I was wondering what you gentlemen think. Your thoughts. Well, that's a really good question. As I saw the question come up, I was not familiar with the uh, 2030 uh, summit that's coming up. Um, Mike, I I hadn't, I only heard a little bit about it, but I I didn't know enough to really comment uh, and and give a lot of information on it. I'm not really sure what, what it entails. I'm not either. I, I, I'm not aware of it. I'm sorry. I wish I, I, I could tell you more. But I will tell you this, I think we're in a different time. And what is also interesting, and I don't know if you've been following this at all, John, but the red heifer in Israel, Uh, a Texas um, rancher gave a couple of red heifers to Israel. Uh, They inspect them. If there's any more than two hairs on the entire animal that are not red, it is rejected. And they have found the red heifer. Now, this creates a big issue because of what down the road I believe it's going to mean. First of all, it's going to mean that Israel wants their third temple. And we know that that's where the Dome of the Rock Mosque is, or at least part of where the Dome of the Rock Mosque is. And we know that John was told to go measure the temple, leave out the outer court. It's been given to the Gentiles. Wow, we're in some exciting times. And we're coming up on a break. We don't want you to go away. And we're going to have a whole lot more following this. We'll be right back. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into. And that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month. And that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch to the customer satisfaction rate. For MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes 
Very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. More than ever, pastors need to feel people's love and support. Over the last few years, many pastors have seriously considered leaving their church. But 1 Thessalonians 5.12 instructs all churches and all Christians to show and share their deep appreciation for those who minister to them. There is no better time to do this than Pastor Appreciation Month in October. And there's no better way to do it than using the easy as one, two, three, bless your pastor materials that are available for free at blessyourpastor.org. That's blessyourpastor.org. Plus, the great news is that if your church uses the 123 Bless Your Pastor materials, the pastors at your church will be offered a $300 scholarship application to attend a Family Life Weekend to Remember Marriage retreat. What a blessing this will be to your pastors and their spouses. For free materials, go to blessyourpastor.org. That's blessyourpastor.org. Welcome you back to part two of To Every Man and Answer. And when we went to the break, we were speaking with Lindsay in Salt Lake City, asking what we thought about the 2030 summit. And uh, upon really doing a little research on it, it seems like this is something that the United Nations is putting together to basically homogenize the world into a one world order. So, Lindsay, do I believe it has something to do with the one world? Absolutely. Now, When you look at this up close, there's almost 60 different areas, uh, national, country, inequality, that sharing all the world, as John Lennon used to say. Well, when we realize that uh, the Bible does say there's going to be a one world order, one world religion, one world currency, and when we watch the powers that be destroy America— uh, again, this open border thing. I, I over the weekend, I listened to Joe Biden. Oh, this poor man. We need to really pray for him. We need a we need a, a Nebuchadnezzar kind of uh, wake up call for this guy. He said the number one cause of children's death in America is guns. That is a lie, a full on ball face lie. Probably a lot like him teaching at a college for four years that he never was at. I don't know why he makes up these stories. He doesn't have to. But no, the number one cause of death for kids in America is fentanyl. That's right. Joe, you missed it. You missed it a long way. But here's the thing. Fentanyl is controlled by him through immigration on the southern border. Now, when you look up close, you realize that open borders, uh, a half a million Illegal people coming across the border um, almost every few months. This is going to really mess up America. They also said the amount of terrorists that are coming in now as immigrants is staggering. America is doomed. We don't have a lot of time to do what we want to do. Work for the night is coming when no one can work. Joe Biden can stop fentanyl today by shutting down the southern border, but he won't. No, they want to take away guns from you because you are what's keeping back the one world order. You see, America was 
designed, I believe, on Christian principles. But the one world order, of course, is not. It's something completely different. And when we understand that fentanyl is killing our children at staggering hundreds and hundreds a day, the Democrat Joe Biden machine could stop it today. They will not. And they blame guns? No, in fact, the truth is it's fentanyl. And Joe, you can stop it, but you won't. Because there's a war on America to destroy it so that it can be homogenized easily into a one world order. And what's really kind of scary about this, Lindsay, is that when you stop to think that it's almost 2024 right now, they got big plans to bring down America in the next six years. Friends, we're right on target. You see how far morally, ethically, financially, America has fallen just in the last three years. Remember, when Trump was in office, gasoline was less than $2 a gallon. Inflation was less than 1% a year. Our border was secure. Not anymore. Uh, Inflation is the highest it's been since 1948. Gasoline has risen. Everybody knows it's anywhere from $4 to $5.50 a gallon nationally. Inflation, again, is in 13 15%. And our borders are a complete laughingstock, insomuch that even the mayor of New York says the immigration, all these people coming to New York is killing us. They can't sustain it. You see, It's the people of the United States that are the losers, but they don't care. They have an agenda, and that's to bring America down. And I believe they're right on schedule, friends. And so 2030, is that a a reasonable number for really the end of sovereignty of America? I, I think it may fall much sooner than that. Your thoughts, John? Yeah, just to answer that question for you, Lindsay, concerning this, uh, you know, I remember I did come across a, um, a tweet this week uh, by Jan Markell. I saw it for some reason; it triggered my mind. Yeah, that is, me too. It, the yeah. 2023 summit was uh, where officials from all over the world gathered there in New York City to commit their nations to fully implement the 2030 agenda and the sustainable development goals over the next seven years. And so what they did is they they have 17 sustainable development goals that they want to implement. And essentially, it's a blueprint for how the globalists want the world to run. And just about every area of human activity is covered by this 17 sustainable development goals, and it would take extreme measures over the next seven years. And what makes it concerning is that, um, of course, as was mentioned, the current administration is jumping on board with this. They want to be a part of this. They, they want to be a part of the globalist agenda. So what do I think about this? I think that this is just another sign of the times. Amen. I think we're getting closer and closer uh, to what Jesus told us about. And so my eyes are open. Things are happening. The world is trying to come together. There's one thing. I remember reading a book um, uh, that that cited the one thing that stands in the way of globalism. And they said that it was a belief in absolutes. 
<laughs> there's, there's one system of belief in absolutes that I think stands in the way, and that's believers in Jesus Christ. And so it's coming. We can sense it, and we want to be ready. We want to be active, sharing the gospel. And who knows how long we have? But I think we're, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Amen. We're in extremely important times. All hands on deck. Being about your father's business is so important. Lindsay, I hope that answers it for you and sheds a little bit of light for everybody that uh, there are very, very dark powers at work right now globally. And again, Jesus said, when you begin to see these things, look up, your redemption draws nigh. How long do we got? I don't know, but every day counts. Hope that helps, Lindsay. Stay in line. We'll send you out the movie Jesus, okay? Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. God bless you, Darren. Thanks so much for the call. And uh, again, for all of us to be aware, again, do not, do not trust the American news media. They are part of the one world order. They lie. And again, uh, I just read an article. They said that New York just approved some voting thing that makes cheating even easier now. Uh, You wonder about this. Does the news report ever tell you about this? And what about what about cocaine in the White House a couple of months ago? Yeah, now that was a big story. Highly illegal. Where did it come from? Hey, American news media, you swept that under the carpet because it was a Democrat issue, wasn't it? Oh, if that would have been in the Trump White House, oh, oh you, you would have inquiries going on and everything. But no, it quietly just gets swept under the carpet. The American news media, I'm saying the alphabet networks, They're rotten, and they cannot tell a story straight. They always got a twist on it. And this is dangerous because, again, they're duping America. And again, you know, the Bible tells us the word to be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And part of being wise is to tell people what's going on. And if you think it's going to just keep going on like it is, oh, man, are you in for a shock. This is why we know Reformed theology is a lie that's entered into the church, that it's going to get better and better, and the Christians are going to get bigger and bigger, and finally just take over the world and usher Jesus Christ in. Nope, no, no, a thousand times no. That is not what's going to happen. The Bible says we are rushing headlong into a one-world order headed by Satan himself. And this is why God pours out his wrath for those seven years on a Christ-rejecting world. And he deals with his nation of Israel, that promise he made to Abraham, and then the Lord will come. The second coming of Christ will be then. But before then, hey, I'm looking for the rapture. I pray you are too. Lindsay, stay in line. We'll get you taken care of. Let's go to Daniel San Jose. Hi, welcome. Hi, pastors. Thank you for taking my call. How may we help? Um, yes. Um, uh, so um, this past weekend, uh, this past weekend, I, I was at service and I made an altar call, and the um, the pastor uh, uh, gave me a word. He said that the um, the Lord was uh, uh, wanted me to know that uh, he he had opened a door for me, and um, all I needed to do was uh, make some changes. But the the door the Lord had opened the door, uh, which I thought was kind of vague. I'm very grateful for the word. I'm excited about it, but um, just knowing how I am, um, sometimes it's hard for me to recognize things. And, um, you know, there's so much personal things that are going on with my life. Um, um, 
Uh, I'm separated. I've been separated from my wife um, for about going on almost two years now. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I was caught up in drug addiction. Um, I'm five months clean and sober now. And I just, um, what I wanted to ask is how how can I, how would I uh, recognize uh, when a door, when the Lord has opened the door? That's a great question. And, you know, that's one of the most important things for us as Christians, how we're guided to ask, seek, and knock. Your thoughts, John? Yeah, you know, Revelation chapter 3, verse 8, Jesus was writing to one of the churches there. And um, and first of all, I just wanted to say uh, to you, uh, Daniel, uh, I'm so proud of you that you were willing to take that step, to humble yourself, to go forward, and to respond. And I, I think you've taken the right step. Jesus, uh, in writing to one of the churches in Revelation, he said, I, I've set before you an open door that no one can shut. And and the, the Bible tells us that the Lord's the one that opens the doors that no man can shut, and he shuts the doors that no man can open. And how do you recognize it? For one thing, um, I think there's peace involved. When God's in something, there's just a sense of peace. I sense his direction. Secondly, um, it coincides with Scripture. God's not ever going to lead me into something that contradicts Scripture. And so I'm always going to be sure that if God's leading me into something, he's not leading me into sin. He doesn't lead me into do bad things. He's leading me into do the right thing. So do I have peace about it? Is there uh, an assurance from God's word? And and a lot of times, uh, you know, Daniel, we find that out because the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. And if you will, Matthew 6, 33, here's, here's what it says. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. If you seek first, uh, Daniel, the Lord, then he promises he's going to make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, Proverbs says. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's how you're going to know. Stay close to Jesus. Stay in the word. Get in fellowship and and just follow the Lord, and he will begin to open those doors. And you'll know when it's him. And, and he'll make it clear. The same way you knew you were supposed to go forward at that altar call, how did you know that? God b- moved upon your heart. And, and so you went and you stepped forward. God's going to make it clear to you, my friend, and we'll be praying that he does. And then he restores your marriage and does a miracle in your life. Amen. So important. And uh, just keep going with God. That's great news, Daniel. Thank you. Thank you, pastors. I really appreciate it. And, and you know, the best thing you can do, again, is stay in fellowship Stay surrounded by God's Word. Don't go back to old friends that are going to drag you the wrong way. You're new in Christ. And because of that, old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And we want to be careful of old acquaintances. And and um, again, there's those that we can influence for the gospel. I think that's good. But remember, you want to be be. Uh, on your guard on those kinds of things. Uh, uh, in the book of Proverbs, uh, Solomon wrote that um, evil company corrupts good manners, and we have to be very careful uh, of those kinds of things. Uh, and so, but, you know, surround yourself with things of God. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad you're listening to the radio there in San Jose, CSN. We, we're on the air there. Uh, of course, you can hear CSN anywhere by just going on your uh, app store. You can download um, CSN radio app, listen anywhere uh, on your on your handheld. But, uh, you know, the thing is, stay surrounded, immersed in God's word. That's going to help all of us uh, uh, grow and stay strong in the Lord. Daniel, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 
I'm proud of you. I'm glad you're doing this. And um, let us know how we can help, okay? Thank you so much. Daniel Stalin sent you out uh, the movie Jesus and uh, maybe a couple other books I think will be uh, helpful for you, a couple of DVDs, uh, and just keep going with God. You're, you're, you're on the right road, so uh, you're, you're going to be blessed. Let's go to Joy, El Paso, Texas. Hi, welcome. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate that. Yes, my question is, I'm curious as who translated the original King James Bible. I've heard, are you there, sir? Yes, we are. Uh, I've heard, you know, that the England, in England, the main church was the Roman Catholic Church. Is that correct? Well, not exactly. Um, uh they no there was there there was a, a a branching away from the catholic church and and the and that john your thoughts well i'm just reading a little bit of statistics i'm going back to some old information just uh you know in 1604 king james the first of england authorized a new translation of the bible into english to be started it was finished in 1611 just 85 years after the first translation of the new testament uh, it was in English, appeared in Tyndale, 1526. And uh, King James translation was done by 47 scholars, all of whom were members of the Church of England. In common with most other translations of the period, the New Testament was translated from what's called the Texas Receptus, or the Received Text, a series of, of the Greek text. And the Old Testament translated from the Masoretic, or the Hebrew text. And uh, while, the, uh, of course, the Apocrypha, which is separate, not part of the canon, uh, was translated differently. But then in 1769, the Oxford edition, which excluded the Apocrypha, became standard text and is uh, reproduced almost unchanged in most current printing. So that's the historical uh, part of the scriptures, uh, just at where we got the King James Version. So I hope that helps. There was a lady uh, from Mexico years ago, um, is that 40 years ago, and I listened to her. She was a Catholic nun in Mexico, and she was thrown out. She was a young girl, thrown out on the street because the priest caught her with a King James Bible. And yeah. they forbid they forbid them mm. for reading that. <laughs> and so yeah. Christians, she was uh, taken by a group of Christians, and she became a citizen. This was many years ago, 40 years or so ago. And so I have a lot of Christian, I have a lot of Catholic friends, and I didn't know when they changed the original Bible, if it was originally written by Catholics. I guess it wasn't. No. Or I guess the people who translated it were not Catholic at the time. Huh? No, Church of England. Church of England, and that was it. Okay, thank you. That was my question. All right, we'll stay on the line there if you like. i send you out uh, Movie Jesus. I think you'll enjoy that. Let's go to Mitch. Silverdale, Washington. Hi, welcome. Hello, Mitch. Hello, Mike. Yes. Hi. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, and I, I, I just talked with a gentleman, and I had a question about where you got the information about uh, firearm deaths versus fentanyl deaths for children, because the CDC is still listing firearm deaths as the number one cause in America for children's deaths. Well, I'm going by uh, fentanyl deaths in U.S. Uh, 2023. You can look it up. 
Fentanyl, it says, um, as, let me just read the exact. Fentanyl also has killed more Americans in general in 2020 than all the car accidents, gun violence, breast cancer, suicide, according to the analysts from the CDC data from Families Against Fentanyl. So uh, I think it probably has to deal maybe a little bit with what age we're talking about, because some people consider anybody under 18 uh, children. But uh, that is just a well-known, You can anybody can go on it, just type in uh, fentanyl deaths in uh, U.S. 2023, and then you can look at it. And it is pouring across the board. It is not getting better. The fentanyl deaths in America are increasing. So it is a real, real problem. And so, again, where the question comes in, if you're talking maybe, you know, four-year-olds or something like that, I, I don't know. But I'm just going by what, in general, uh, it talks about. And this is is staggering. Again, it has killed more Americans. Again, more Americans uh, than ca- all the car accidents, all the gun violence, breast cancer, suicide, and this is according to the CDC data. Hope that helps. Oh, thank you. God bless you. And uh, yeah, check that out. I think everybody needs to understand that because uh, we're um, we're being sold. Uh, they said it's rampant in the high schools in America. It is absolutely. And, and a lot of people don't understand what the hoorah about this is, but it's 50 to 100 times more powerful than morphine. Now, remember, when a person is dying of cancer and it's very painful, they have a morphine injection pump where they can hit the button, and but they can only hit it so often. Fentanyl is 50 to 100 times more powerful than morphine. And it is pouring across our borders. They said it is uncontrollable because of all the illegal immigration that they, the mules that pack it in here. So, yeah, you know, it's a real, real serious problem. And I think that uh, everybody needs to understand how serious this is. And by the way, I believe it kills something like 200 um, students a day in the United States. Um, if you had a shooting in a mall where 200 people a day were being shot, oh, you, you would have, you'd have the news media going wild. But 200 people a day can die of fentanyl. Our news reporters don't even report on it. Keep you in the dark, everybody. They don't tell you the truth. Hope that helps. And again, we need to be very careful of the world that we're in. And so I hope that hope that helps. You know, John, we're in some trying times, aren't we? Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I just think these are this is exactly what Jesus told us about, and things would get darker before he returned. And I think there's always been that influence of uh, a battle between good and evil. And uh, we're just living in a day and age when people are calling evil good. And, and good evil. And this is something that's always been with us, but it's things are ramping up, Mike, around the world. And, you know, as a church, we need to be looking up. We need to find our strength and our hope in Jesus. We have a living hope. Last thing we want for our, our listeners, we never want you guys to be discouraged or feel like uh, we, we, we're here to give you hope because there is answers. The world doesn't have them, but answers are found in Jesus. There is hope in Christ. Amen. And, uh, you know, uh, again, you know, John, we're, we're in such a 
such a, a an upheaval time in our nation where we see this kind of stuff go on. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, majoring on the minors, minoring on the majors, you know, are, are nobody's, nobody in the White House, they're not telling the truth. Uh, the media is not telling you what's really going on. And yet mm-hmm. we're, we're supposed to vote, navigate through these times. And, and it, it's so difficult because, again, when we realize that, you know, you know, the Bible says in the last days there'll be a famine, not for food, not for water, but for the Word of God. And the Word of God is truth. And when you take truth out, then a lie becomes so believable. And this seems to be what, what they're majoring on. And the, the things that are really destroying us, they don't talk about. Mm-hmm. And the things that really are good, that are moral, that what families and nations are built upon, that's under attack. I mean, you see it there in California in, in a staggering way. Washington and Oregon, not much better. And, and so, um, you know, again, as you encourage people there at your church on uh, Sunday morning and throughout the week, you know, I just want you to maybe say a few words to especially all those that are living in California, Oregon, and Washington, where these tyrannical laws now, they, they just said uh, that they're banning all books that have anything bad about homosexuality, uh, the LGB2. So does that mean now the Bible is banned because of Romans chapter one? Your thoughts? Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. We're, it's, it's where we're living. It's getting darker. You know, and I always tell people, listen, the answer's not in the White House. The answer's in God's house. We know what Amen. the truth is. The truth sets us free. We just gotta, we gotta continue to preach the gospel. This is why we're here. This is why Jesus hasn't come for his church yet is because there's still work to be done. Jesus said, work while it's day. Night is coming when no man can work. So Mike, our hands are to the plow. We're looking straight ahead. We're going to keep on going. We're going to keep preaching the gospel until the Lord comes for us. And we're not going to back down from that. And uh, we, we got to be faithful uh, until he comes. Jesus said, well, will he find faith on the earth when he returns? And, and by the grace of God, may we be found faithful stewards with what we've been entrusted in. He's coming soon. we got to keep looking up. Amen. You know, it's interesting when you look at that, going back to our previous caller, uh, uh, if you uh, check out the Washington Examiner, there's some others that are out there. But China unveils its vision for its new world order. Wow. Everybody wants to control the world. You know, it's just amazing to me that um, you have the kings of the East that aren't part of the one world order, interestingly enough. So um, everything's lining up exactly what the Bible says. And if you didn't get on today, please give us a call. We'll put you on tomorrow and uh, look forward to being back with you. John, thanks so much for being on today. My pleasure, Mike. God bless you, bro. Always a blessing to be with you. Looking forward to uh, being all with you tomorrow again. Again, uh, thank you all for supporting CSN, praying for us. Look forward to being back with you tomorrow. Until then, God bless you. Good night. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. 
Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash TEMA. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station.